I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 23, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Now, we have a messy chart on our hands, so I'm going to make an attempt to clean it up a little bit so that we can get a clear visual of what's going on. Let's start there. We don't need the gap fill anymore. The gap has been filled. It's over. Complete. Finito. For now, that's okay. Let's start discussing what's going on because the market tried to go lower today and then recovered basically grinding higher all afternoon. So I read that and we discussed this a little bit yesterday. I read that as bullish, right? The market is not able to go any lower. I'm not saying it won't go lower. I'm just saying thus far, the market is basically dropping very quietly and then all of a sudden we're having a recovery and today we had a pretty good recovery and look where we finished. Now we finished above 263. Does anybody out there doubt that 263 is important? Again, maybe it's a few pennies on either side of 263. That's the actual important number that nobody could ever figure out. But somewhere in the neighborhood of 263 is important. Let me show you further why I think that is. Here's a 10-minute chart. When you just take a moment and focus on 263, you'll see that somewhere around the neighborhood of this number, this chart thinks that that's important because we keep on stalling, beating on it, getting above, back below. It becomes support and resistance over and over and over again. So that's why I contend 263 is important. We can call it a pivot point. Back to the daily chart for a second. Before we really get rolling, let me take a pause and thank everybody once again for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I really appreciate the participation. Please keep up the great work. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Okay, back to the charts. So we're back on the daily chart. We're above 263. It's very hard to see this as ultra bearish. Yesterday or last evening, we discussed the fact if the market wasn't able to really get down into that 258, 257 and a half zone, that would be somewhat bullish. And therefore, I would have to read that as the market really wasn't finished going higher. It didn't find the final destination. That's the way I would have to read that. So far, I'm leaning in that direction. Doesn't mean we can't go down tomorrow, but I'm beginning to lean in that direction simply because that's what the daily chart is telling me. That's what the market's behavior intraday has told me today. Every day, we take in the information that the market provides, I mix it together in the bowl, I pull out the pieces that are not important and I throw them away, I take the pieces that are important, they become puzzle pieces, we put them on the table, and then we go to work. So right now, the market's telling me less bearish so far. Now, if I was short, 
against the high that was made last week, that's where you would have to be wrong. If the market closed above the high from last Friday, above that high, which is 266.98, a daily close above that high, and likely story is the market is heading for somewhere in the neighborhood of where this downsloping trend line meets wherever price is at that time. Obviously, could spike above that. We could certainly go down first. We drew out the schematic last night. We'll just do a little refresher. We talked about a move higher, and then we set a pullback, either a lower high, and that would produce lower prices, or another alternative is we go up like we have. We have a pullback. We make a higher high, so we have an ABC pattern that officially completes above the high of the A leg, and that would put us somewhere up in this neighborhood up here. I also like the 271.50 for an unrelated reason. You have a 100-period moving average up there. You have a 200-period moving average lingering up there. There's a lot of overhead resistance above current price. Now let's look at this from a common sense perspective for a second. I'm going to let you inside my mind. This is what I'm thinking about. So I'm looking at the daily chart and I'm saying to myself, what does it look like? Forget what I know. If I just looked at that without knowing anything, what does it look like? And what it looks like to me is the market rallied up, got above the 50 period moving average, and we pulled back for a couple of days and the 50 period moving average held. Forget everything else, that's what happened. So we're in the time frame or in the time zone for a turn in the market. Yeah, we did get a two-day pullback. It's not exactly what I had in mind, but the zone isn't necessarily closed. I said the zone could last for a week or two, so the market never makes it easy. We talked about this last week. I want to reiterate it. The market doesn't make things easy. The market can go higher. The market can go lower. The market likes to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate as many traders and investors as possible. So we took a visual of the daily chart. That's what I see. Now we can go to an hourly chart, and let's take a look and see what the hourly chart tells us. So we're above the hourly chart 50-period moving average, below the 20. We're sandwiched in. It looks like it's making somewhat of a bearish pattern. I can certainly build a case that we had a move down, and now we're going sideways. So I'm not going to necessarily call it a flag pattern, but there is some sideways bearish wedge type consolidation going on. So I might want to take a further look. So what would I do? I've already looked at the daily chart. Now I looked at the hourly. Would I go down to a 10 minute and find anything? No, because all I'm going to find on a 10 minute is more back and forth behavior. Let's go down and take a look. So the 10 minute all that is, is a magnified hourly chart. So what would I do if I want to get a different perspective from the hourly and the daily? I'm going to go somewhere in between. Let's start there. Here's a 240-minute chart. I don't discuss this time frame a lot. I don't use this chart a lot. It doesn't change all that much. I have the daily. I have the hourly. I look at this from time to time. Now is one of those times that I want to be aware of what the 240 minute chart is telling me. It's basically half a day's activity. And here you can see pretty clearly, looks like we're making a more distinct bearish pattern 
right around that $263 level. Now, I can also see pretty clearly, if I move the chart over, I'll show you something that I show you time and time again. The high of this breakdown candle is 265.06. So I can say that any 240-minute close above that number, 265.06, that's going to be bullish based on a 240-minute chart. Now, if that happens, I'm going to look at other charts and see what's going on, but it's something that I want to be aware of. Does it have to be bearish? Not necessarily. I can also make the case that we went up and we're just pulling back. It's any way that you want to draw and think about the market. That's what the beauty of markets is. We can both be looking at the same chart and come up with a different conclusion. It's not just the chart we're looking at. It's how the market acts. It's how it reacts. What other markets are doing. What other markets are telling us. Other time frames. You put it all together. Again, it goes all in the pot. We take out the important puzzle pieces. We put them on the table. And that's how we begin to build the story. How about another time frame? What about a 180-minute chart? It's three hours of time. Three hours each candle. Same thing as the 240-minute chart. We basically have the same, almost like a flag pattern, but you can't call it a flag pattern because we have this outlier in the middle. But you can see what's going on here. It looks like the market is fighting 263. Guess what? The market is fighting 263. But you can see based on the 240-minute chart and 180-minute chart, there is some room to the upside even though we still maintain a possible bearish pattern. It's very interesting. Now, here's a two-hour chart, 120 minutes. You have the same thing. However, what I would say here is there's a standout pivot. And this standout pivot is slightly below the number we just discussed before. It's 264.79. The other number was 265.06, I believe. So somewhere in that neighborhood... If we began to close hourly above that area or in that area, you have to watch out for a spark to the upside. You start to see how this all comes together. Back on a 10-minute chart, there is something else that I want to point out before we move on. There was a trade in here. I didn't take the trade, but there is a trade in here. And it's obvious after the fact, but it is reasonable during the fact this was a trade that is absolutely right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. I'm not going to explain everything here, but it's absolutely right out of the course. There are multiple reasons for this trade. There are actually three reasons. One of them we actually talked about last night, and two of them occurred as a result of today's trading activity. Again, you see how we put it all together, and this is absolutely right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. And here it is. I mean, the trade is right here. Once that occurred, you had something to trade against. You had multiple reasons for the trade. You knew where you were wrong. And if it was wrong, it would have been wrong small and fast. What more can you ask for? Speaking of what more can you ask for, hey, let's take a look at the Inside the Numbers report from today. So I'll run through this real quick. In the pre-market, the notes basically said, and by the way, this was the reason that I wasn't in that trade. 
trying to put together this thing so I can launch it for everybody. So just give me another day or so. It's real, real close. Just putting together the final pieces. Basically, what the morning note said was, and the market was drifting higher in the morning. Remember, we were gapping higher. So I said, until and unless basically we closed hourly above 2648. This is the ES I'm talking about here in the morning notes today. Sometimes I'll talk about both. Sometimes I'll talk about the ES. Sometimes I'll talk about the spider. I'll reference both. I'll go back and forth, but they can be interchanged with one another. What I was saying was in order for the bulls to take back the ball, we really had to get above and stay above 2648. That didn't happen. The market popped higher a little bit in the morning. We got as high as about 26.53 and change. And then we dropped all the way down, even below 26.20. Well, what happens if you scroll up here? It says, what about the other side? Can markets decline more? Yes, but we have to start with hourly closes back below 26.32. So we got back below 26.32. If that were to occur, we would begin to target 26.20. We actually got a little bit lower today. Then down at the big fat round number of 2,600. There can be lower numbers, but they'll certainly fight the 2,600. It's a psychological number. But they didn't get down that far. They did get to the 2,620 and a little bit lower than that. And that's where they fought and they snapped back and fought back all afternoon. What about the trades? So we had two potential morning gap trades, and they're just starting to heat up, by the way. Earnings season is really starting to get underway, so there's a lot of companies reporting right now. More morning gap trades coming. COF didn't hit its number. IBM came up just short. It went up to 135. The target was 135.86, and then it fell away from there. That was a shame. We'll take a look at the chart real quick. Looking over at the stocks on the move section, the entry hit column, the second one from the right, that's incorrect. We did have UTX hit its number. We had a couple more. We're going to take a look at the charts. Some of them happened too late in the day, and we like them to happen early, and we like them to happen a certain way. These are the things that are discussed in the course, but we'll take a look at the charts anyway. You could take note of the numbers on TEL at 75.15 and also Qualcomm at 51.50. We'll discuss those two as well. Then we have the important numbers. So we have the S&P E-mini, the Spider and Crude Oil. You can take a snapshot of these numbers and then go and see what happened. You'll notice that we have 26.12 on the board today and the low on my chart was right around 26.12. I believe it was 26.12.50 from memory swing trades we still have goldman sachs on the list stock made a low today of about 194.50 and change you have to have booked some profit have at least a break-even stop or an in-the-money stop on the remainder of whatever you're holding and from this point let it give you what it gives you i would call that a successful trade it's small but sometimes small ones turn into big ones but when you rack up the small ones a base hit after a base hit, and you think about it like that, nothing wrong with a few percentage points in one or two days, and then you move on to the next trade or you stay in for whatever the remainder of your position is. Nothing wrong with that either way. Here's the chart of Goldman Sachs. So the short trade was up at 202. It hit 202 on Friday, and here we are today at 194.5 on the low. You have to have booked some profit. If the overall market doesn't come down, 
then it's unlikely that Goldman Sachs is going to come much farther down anyway because, look, it looks just like the chart of the S&P 500. Everything's pretty much trading together. What other clues do we have out here? Well, the IWM was actually leading the market on the downside today, so I thought that was interesting. So that's definitely a puzzle piece. So while the spider finished slightly above the flat line, the IWM finished down one-third of 1%. But look what it did. All it really did was bounce off the 50-day moving average, and then it closed relatively fine for the day. Just like the spiders did, it rallied in the afternoon, and there's really nothing wrong because we're still in the uptrend. And that's another thing that I want to make sure everybody understands. The uptrend that started in late December after Christmas has not been broken. So even if anybody's looking for downside in the market, and maybe we get it, you have to play against the high from Friday, but we have not broken the downtrend yet. So the market's giving us what it's giving us. I'm just reporting the details. The transports, down almost 1%. So the IWM and the transports are telling a slightly different tale than some other things. We have bearish pattern on some interim charts, right? The in-between charts, the in-between the hourly and the daily charts. We have some bearish patterns. We have the IWM and the transports. This is all bearish information. The market's fighting the 263 level. The spiders are fighting the 263 level. Closed above it today. That's slightly bullish, but it's not really bullish information. We haven't broke the downtrend yet, so that's not bearish. It's not necessarily bullish. It's not bearish. So you see how I'm just putting all these things in the pot, and I'm starting to come out with... The short-term picture still has prices pointed slightly down. That's what I'm coming out of that with. Now remember, the market is basically releasing energy in one direction or another. Whether it's down or up, it doesn't matter. It's going to release that energy either way. So if I'm saying prices are pointing down, and that's what my work is telling me for the most part, it's kind of where the pendulum is leaning, short-term down. How far down? Well, we've already discussed how far down. I don't necessarily think it's a tremendous drop. I think at most it's down to that 257, 258 area in the spider. I don't even know if we get down there right now. Let's use 260, 259 as a bogey. If that doesn't hold, we'll talk about lower prices. Right now it's pointing down. That's where the energy would be released from what my work is telling me. But what happens if we gap higher tomorrow? or some other day, the same energy gets released in the other direction. So all I'm saying is, and the reason I discuss that is just to point out what you can be aware of when we show up in the morning. Got to have some of these things in the back of your mind. For example, let's go back to the spiders for a second. So for example, let's just say, for argument's sake, you show up on Thursday morning and something happened and the market is gapping higher. What's the first thing that comes into my mind? If we get above Friday's high, closing hourly above Friday's high, I think we're targeting at a minimum of this downsloping trend line. So wherever this comes into play tomorrow or the following day or whenever we get up to meet that trend line, I think that trend line would be formidable resistance. That's all a big if, but I'm just giving you what's in my mind. I'm giving you the type of game plan I come to the table with in the morning. If the market's gapping higher, that's what I'm going to be looking at. If the market's gapping lower, I know also what I'm looking at. 
At worst case, right now, I'm likely looking at 258.50 to 25740. If the market came into that area, I'm looking to be a buyer in that area, most likely. You know, pending real-time information, we'll see what happens. If we don't get to that area and we come up short of that area on another decline, the read on that is bullish. We talked about that yesterday, talked again about that today. Anything doing over with the triple Qs, can't really get any new information. It's all the same, so there's no data that we can draw out from this chart, so we'll just skip over it. How about the financials? Are they telling us anything? Well, the broker-dealers happen to be down a little bit today, but the XLF was basically flat, and I can't really take any new information from this chart. Nothing new from yesterday to today. You see what happened. We started lower, but we recovered, so we basically finished today where we were yesterday, so there's no new data available on the XLF chart. So we move along. SMH, bullish, up 1%. Down early, recovery, finished up 1%. Interesting. It's definitely on the bullish side of the ledger. We don't really have sides to the puzzle. All the pieces are mixed together. We haven't really put it together yet, right? Although we are kind of putting it together. We just came out with some conflicting information. The SMH is bullish. So we certainly can't ignore it. It's on the table. It's a puzzle piece. Do we have definitive information one way or the other based on everything we just discussed no the answer is we don't and that's when a trader has to be honest with him or herself we have to realize when we have the goods and when we don't have the goods if you shorted the market last week thursday and friday you got paid on the drop but make sure we're not trading on hopium we're trading on real information that was available today and if the information available today is slightly different than it was two days ago or a week ago or a month ago whenever you have to take the information of today don't take that the wrong way I'm not saying get into or out of a trade I'm never gonna tell anybody to get into or out of a trade I'm telling you what I do sometimes I'm reading the charts I'm telling you what I see and everybody does whatever they choose to do gold almost wanna say it's beginning a bear flag pattern need more information we would need a few more days of a flag pattern to say yeah that's a flag pattern but right now we're trending right underneath the 20 period moving average let's see what happens tomorrow let's see where gold goes this may be setting up for a fall and if it is is that for some reason going to be contrary to the stock market we'll see I've got my eye on everything crude oil down 1% also, the numbers on the list from the inside the numbers list on crude oil, those are also good, too. You can go back and review the numbers and then take a look at what happened intraday with crude oil. Let's take a look at some of those stocks. It's more fun. What happened with crude oil, by the way? Nothing happened with crude oil. That's why we're not spending any time. We're just staying up above the moving average. Looks very similar to some other charts that we already looked at today. Nothing really new, so there's nothing new to report in crude oil. It's not bearish. It's certainly more bullish than bearish. It's bullish. It's making a bullish consolidation pattern above the 50-period moving average. It's certainly not bearish. It's bullish for crude oil. Certainly until and unless we close below 52.33, that's the low of this breakup candle. Until and unless we close below there, it's bullish for crude oil. Let's take a look at a couple of the stocks. So here's that IBM trade. So the high was 135 even. We were at 135.84.
or maybe it was 86. Either way, it didn't get there. That was a stinker. How about UTX? The level to short UTX, the target, the only target on the board this morning was $18.90. Made a high of 19.34, and you can see what happened. By midday, it was making a low of $114.35. That's a pretty nice trade. Qualcomm is the next one that hit its target, but it did it too late in the day. I just want to show you that the numbers work anyway, but you can see the price level we had was 51.43. The stock made a low of 51.22 and then reversed, and it did make a high of 51.93. That's not the type of trade we were looking for. The stocks on the move were looking for more than 40 or 50 cents, but it was late in the day and it drifted into the level. That's not the type of trade we want. That's what I was talking about before. Not all trades are the same. We don't want the ones that drift in. Let's say it came in in the third 10-minute candle of the day right down here. That's a totally different trade. That trade, you get a rocket ride off 51 and a half, something in that neighborhood. The drift lower is a different setup later in the day. That's all stuff right out of the course. Here's another one, TEL. 75.15, this was put out at 9 a.m. in the morning. We hit 75.15, went slightly lower, not by much. Finished the day at $76. Not bad, just to show you the numbers work. Not the same trade that if it did it early in the morning. If it did it early in the morning, maybe you get a 3 or $4 bounce off 75.15. Here at the end of the day, this is what happens. That's okay, we get our fair share in the morning. But anyway, just to show you, the numbers do work. And with that, folks, I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.